I V M. Hi, I'm Utsav, a behavior researcher by training and a slow traveler by passion. Postcards from Nowhere is a travel podcast where I condense a decade of travel experiences and explore not just the where but also the why and how to travel. My stories emerge from slow traveling the less explored parts of the world: Bosnia and Herzegovina, Armenia, Uzbekistan, and even China. At the end of each story, I give practical tips and new ideas about how to travel better. This week, in the tenth episode of the series "Fabulous Foods," we travel across the Arab world, Central Asia, China, and Europe. and discover the indelible influences they left on indian food without which we cannot imagine our world today the year is 1612 in what is modern day karnataka the vodeyar family which was initially a vassal state of the vijayanagar empire started expanding its influence they conquered shrirangapatna and alamelamma the wife of the outgoing king of shrirangapatna ran away with all the royal jewels to talakkad a small town along the kaveri river soldiers of the king chased her to get back the jewels but alamelamma jumped into the river cursing the vodiyars may talakkadu be filled with sand and become a barren land may malangi that stretch of the river turn into a whirlpool may the vodiyars never have children having uttered the legendary curse on the vodiyar dynasty Alamelamma jumped into the whirlpool at Talakkadu with the rest of her jewels and killed herself. The curse was effective for 400 years and only in 2017 was it lifted. Till then, successive kings adopted their nephews or cousins to take over the throne. Under this very curse, Sri Krishna Raja Vodeyar had no son in his family for a long time. He used to frequent a darga of Baba Budangiri also known as the Tatreya Pita or Dada once coming out of the darga he saw the stone slab where devotees broke the offered coconuts struck with an idea he made a vow that he would split that stone with coconuts at the birth of the son in a family and soon after that his brother had a son Sri Jayacham Raja Vodiyar he came to the darga with cartloads of coconuts to fulfill his vow and began breaking coconuts one by one the stone however remained solid he was in a dilemma he had to fulfill his vow but it appeared impossible he finally realized that in his anxiety he made a vow which was apparently impossible he explained his situation and requested hazrat p to take him to dada pray for his pardon and suggest a solution after hazrat p recited the fateha Maharaja expressed his gratitude to Dada, repented his folly, and following the instructions, he broke the coconut on the stone slab. To his pleasant surprise, the stone developed a crack. The darga of Baba Budangiri is located in Chikmagalur in Karnataka. He came to India from Yemen in the sixth century, and brought a peculiar food item with him. Till then, no one outside of Yemen had laid hands on this food. the world only saw it in its roasted or baked form the roasted or baked food could not be used to plant crops baba budangiri smuggled seven raw seeds and planted them this gave rise to the estates of chikmagalur which today are famed for their produce coffee 
the port from which the beans were smuggled was a city named Mocha, which gave name to the coffee we all drink in plush cafes today. But much before Baba Budangiri arrived in India, there was another life-changing food tradition which came into being. If you have travelled anywhere in northern and western India, I assure you that you have experienced this. During the time of the modern empire, from the 4th to the 2nd century BC, a key route to trade and commerce emerged. It stretched from Balkh in Afghanistan to Tamluk in West Bengal. It was known as Uttarapatha. This road was actually a branch of the largest silk route that crossed India. It came to be known at different times by different names. The Mughals called it Badshahi Sadak. The British called it the Long Walk. And in the mid-16th century, it came to be known as sadak azam However, you and I both know it more popularly as the Grand Trunk Road, believed to be built by Sher Shah Suri. The Grand Trunk Road had wells at regular intervals for thirsty travellers and was lined with trees on both sides. Over the years, a variety of cultural and religious structures such as mosques and stupas and more utilitarian structures such as post offices, water wells and sarais came about. On such long journeys, travellers needed access to fresh food and thereby emerged a culinary tradition which dots the length and breadth of India's roads, the Dhaba. It was a meeting place for travellers to stop by, rest their weary bodies and exchange stories for adventure. In the modern era, their first patrons were and continue to be truck drivers. But increasingly, it has found a wider customer base and eating at Dhabas is becoming trendy. There is now a large network of Indian and Pakistani immigrant communities worldwide and many have opened Dhabas in far lands, such as at the service stations of the Trans-Canada Highway Network. The Highway Dhaba is no monolith of a cuisine. It has influences from Persian, Afghani, Pakistani, Kashmiri, Punjabi, Avdi, Lakhnavi and Bengali food. As Dhaba started becoming more popular, pure vegetarian Dhabas emerged. These primarily focused on the Vaishnavite denomination of Hindus and are thereby known as Vaishno Dhabas, which signals vegetarian to the common man. Towards our eastern frontier, it was Kolkata, which birthed a bastardized cuisine which is loved and cherished across India today. Around the late 19th and early 20th century, many Chinese immigrants settled in Madras and southern Calcutta. They belonged to an ethnic group which spoke a language named Hakka, which is spoken throughout southern China and Taiwan. A 2007 estimate placed its speakers to win the tune of 48 million. They got exposed to Indian spices and ingredients, so they adapted. Out went the beef and pork so central to Chinese food. And in came the chicken. They added chilies, ginger, garlic and coriander. And we were given the gift of Chindian or Indian Chinese food. As someone who has lived in China, I can absolutely assure you that the Hakka noodles we find on roadside Chinese food stalls are a gift of the Hakka-speaking people to India. And yet, there was one culinary twist which I found closer home. My partner is Sindhi. And in one of my visits to her maternal home, we had aloo matar or potato with peas for lunch. To my surprise, I saw pieces of macaroni in the gravy. Later, in a moment of privacy, I asked my partner about it. And she said this is how she's always had it. I wrote it off as a peculiarity of her household. In all likelihood, her mother added it to make everyday food exciting for her daughter. 
to my great delight and surprise i discovered that this was a shared food pairing of the sindhis sonal ved in her brilliant book who samosa is it anyways unravels this mystery it turns out that the recipe may have come about after sindhi merchants began to interact and trade with the west on their trips home they may have bought back packs of macaroni the women of the house didn't know what to do with it so they ended up making an indian style curry with it the dish is called macaroni with patata or macaroni with potatoes in my partner's household peace got added to it and that is what i too eat now coffee from the arab world dhabas from central asia chindian food from the chinese and some peculiar elements of sindhi food from the europeans and we have just begun to scratch the surface the influences on indian cuisine are so vast so indelible that today it's impossible to pull out the foreign influences i cannot imagine a road trip through northern and western india without eating at a dhaba or having lived in chennai and bangalore the ability to go for a few days without filter coffee closer home my partner's favorite rendition of aloo matar will always have macaroni food is personal and its origins may belie what we call traditional food as we travel we must remember that there is nothing called authentic food the only authenticity that matters is the joy of sharing food with loved ones and strangers alike if you like this podcast don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the ibm network you can listen to us on the ibm podcast app or ibmpodcast.com you can also follow us on our social media we are at ibm podcasts on twitter and instagram if you want to reach out to me i am utsav memory on twitter and yv travel 42 on instagram